Welcome to Illegal Double Team. We are Jonathan and Christina Snowden, and we love professional wrestling. Hi, Jonathan. Christina. So we're back. We're back. We're, we're kind of on a bi-weekly schedule. Maybe we should just decide we're a bi-weekly podcast. I think that's about our pace. I, I think that's about what, what we have now. It takes us about two weeks to be like, I have a really strong top five. <laughs> five yeah. things I really I mean, like. Yeah, if, if we were doing it weekly, it would be like a list of five things, but not like five things we loved. Right. Like, here's five things that happened this week. Right. Well, maybe, you know, maybe with like Money in the Bank and SummerSlam and, and all the good summer shows that AEW does, and then we'll be right, going in, right into the G1, maybe it'll start to pick up. Yeah. I mean, so this is a free podcast. We don't get paid for this. There's no, <laughs> like, if we feel juiced by it, like wrestling, <laughs> why not do No, no, that's ones? not true. If you don't listen, I don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like at the height of like when we were watching the G1 and stuff, we were doing it every day. Yes. So it's like... If we if we get inspired, there's no reason we can't do more. We can just go with the flow. Yeah, but oh. there's no reason to like force yourself into doing it where you're like listening like Baron Corbin or something like every week as a top five. Even though I love Baron Corbin, oh. but it's just like uh, at some point you're just listing stuff to list stuff. Yeah, things happened. Yes, I don't want that kind. Here of Here are events that happened. Yeah, I don't want that kind of no, podcast no. at we, all. We want to be all bangers. Like a Taylor Swift album. That's what this podcast is, a Taylor Swift album of podcasts. So with that in mind, here are five things that we really dug. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. All right, number five. So it wasn't that long ago that on Twitter and on this podcast, I was basically begging Mr. Tony Khan if we could please see more of the, the young guys in AEW that I love, that I've loved for a while, but that I thought were getting lost in the shuffle. And now we've been given this amazing build to this um, three-way tag match at Double or Nothing, which means that we have been getting tons of Ricky Starks, of Swerve Strickland, and of Jungle Boy. Three people I named by name that I felt like I wasn't getting to see enough of. Yeah, and I also uh, want to put uh, Will Hobbs out there. Oh, yeah. That's my dude. Yeah, all their, um, all their partners also, like, that's great. But these three guys in particular, I, I really felt like, um, you know, they'd kind of disappeared. Even Jungle Boy, as the title holder, had a little bit, you know, started to feel like an afterthought. And I, and I really hated that because I, I, I love these young guys. I want to see them a lot. And I want to see them, you know, I, I want to see them get lots of opportunity. And so in the buildup to Double or Nothing, we've gotten singles matches between them. We've gotten three-way matches. We've gotten six-man matches. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. I believe if I read, I believe it was Phil Schneider who said, who called this um, inverted booking. Like when you are, some, a lot of times it's preparing for a singles match and you get those guys in lots of like tag matches and six man matches and you get to see them against each other and you get to build that. And this is sort of like, these are tag teams. So instead we're getting singles matchups and then occasionally like throw some extra guys in there and, and you get three ways or you get a six man match. And so I've loved this build and I, and I've loved that that means that I get to see more of these guys. Yes, Phil Schneider from The Ringer, and of course, Hybrid Shoots Way of the Blade, available at Amazon.com. Cheap plug there. Okay. Um, yeah, these guys are so good. This is like legitimate potential main event young talent. And um, 
I'm just so ready for AEW to to further pull the trigger on these guys. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're ready. Right. Like Ricky Starks is just good everywhere. Yes. He's good in every aspect of wrestling. Uh, Jungle Boy. People have loved Jungle Boy since day one AEW. Exactly. Uh, we were there. I got the receipts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we people are ready for Jungle Boy to do something else. And instead, he's kind of hit a level and he's just stagnated there. Yeah. And then Swerve is just cool. Yeah. I mean, he's been cool since the first time we saw him on the Indies, MLW. Like, yeah, this Swerve guy's was, got it. Yeah, he was. We we talked um, about who we you know who we wanted to see come to AEW like three years ago, and he was like the one guy that you know instead of going this way towards AEW, he ended up over in NXT where I was like, oh, you know, darn it, they should have grabbed him, and um, you know, I I don't really understand how they didn't want to hang on to him with WWE, but I feel like that that's AEW's game because um, he he's excellent in the ring. He's super innovative, and I love that. I see stuff from him that I don't – I either don't see from other people or, in truth, a lot of it is I see him and he does it better yeah. than other people. He does like, it and makes it look good. Yes. As opposed to looking a little awkward yes. when some other people do some of the stuff that he does. Um, and then he's legitimately cool. Yeah, in a way that most wrestlers aren't. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Wrestlers are not cool. Uh, I've met a lot of them. I've been around with them in real life. They're not cool people for the most part. No right. no diss. I'm not a cool person either. Right. But like this guy just actually seems cool. Yeah. So like you got to take advantage of that. And it just felt like to me like, so AEW was like the promise of something different and new. And like, we're going to listen to the fans and we're going to push new acts. And it's not just the same old stuff. Yeah. And then... Uh, invariably what happened was like this new talent hit a glass ceiling, just mm-hmm. like people do everywhere. Yeah. Like they have in every promotion sure. and, um, it got worse as they just continued to import like, you know, no offense, but like 40 something WWE. Yeah. People. You know, and I think some people maybe have been surprised that we've been so negative about, you know, you know, essentially every time there's like a list of releases, you're on the internet going, Hey, W, you don't need any of these guys, but it's not that we hate those guys. It's that for every one of those guys that you take, some of these guys that we like get pushed further and further down the list. Yeah. And, and I, I obviously Brian Danielson is one of, if not my favorite wrestler ever, you know, this mm-hmm. and CM Punk, I think is great. And I like Keith Lee, but I mean, Keith Lee even is almost 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Like this is the future of the industry if there is a future for this industry and you got to move with them. Like you just have to take the risk. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not going to work, but maybe it does. Right. Like, I I don't know. I'm really excited about this match and about everyone in it. And, um, I just feel confident they're going to deliver because they always do. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that'll uh, allow them to take that one step further up the the rung uh, towards the top of the ladder. Right. And I know there's a lot of people mm-hmm. competing for those spots. Sure. Um, but I, I hope that um, they at least get some consideration, oh, especially over uh, a bunch of people that are coming from NXT who they whooped. <laughs> That's right. They whoop them. Yeah. And it's got to be galling. Yeah. Like uh, people in AEW aren't allowed to talk bad about AEW, I think, contractually. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't hear a lot of it, like on the record complaints. Right. But it's got to be galling if you're Jungle Boy, if you're Darby Allin. Sure. If you're Ricky Starks, if you're Sammy Guevara, and you whooped Mm -hmm. NXT to the point that Vince McMahon said, 
I'm canceling this whole show. Yeah. I'm firing my son-in-law. Right. Everyone is done. Yeah. Like this thing is just, you guys are an embarrassment right. to us. That's how bad they got. Whoops. I mean, they pretty much gave up on the show. They, they basically like, they gave it and they gave it a, um, a, like a complete makeover, but you can tell that they've really just sort of demoted it. It's a, it's way more of an afterthought at this point. Yeah. And quite a few of those guys, uh, at, you know, at the top of NXT at the time, they basically decided we don't really have any use for you guys. So if you're Trent and Chuck Taylor, if you're proud and powerful, if you're all these people I mentioned, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like, oh, look, here's Adam Cole. Yeah. Here's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Yeah. Here's Tony Storm. Here's Keith Lee. Super like, annoying. These are the people that we beat. Yeah. And now they're here being placed ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Here come the real wrestlers from WWE, as someone said on Twitter. Right. Like, I, I'm just not for it. I'm for these guys. So I've been excited about what they've done, and I'm really excited about what they're going to do on, on Sunday. All right. Number four. Now, this there I see that there's a lot of debate about this, but oh, I'm boy. just going to put it out there. I love the Cody countdown clock. It's really handy for us. Yes. People who do not want to have to pay close attention to WWE Raw. Right. I well, so I want to know when Cody's on. Also, primetime wrestling is difficult for me. I'm a mom with kids who have bedtimes that I have to work around, right? It is so nice to know exactly when I'm going to get to see Cody. He is the one thing I want to see on Monday Night Raw. So I, I want to know exactly when it's going to be. So I thought it was cool. It made it was handy, like mm -hmm. legitimately useful. Yes. It made Cody seem kind of special. Mm -hmm. Um and of course, being WWE, they had to take it too far, make a thing out of it. As right. soon as they saw people noticed it, yes. then they made a big thing out of it. Right. And now it's like, you know, so it's irksome now and there's right. people have to take sides about it. Yeah. Instead of it being a cool t tool to be like, hey, here's the when the guy you mm -hmm. want to see is coming on. Right. Uh, instead of being useful, now it's just like another thing for people to argue about on the internet. Right. You better believe every single person I saw online complaining about it, I blocked their ass. <laughs> like, I was like, shut up. I need this in my life. Right. I mean, I'm, I keep thinking back to the Monday Night Wars, thinking like, oh my God, this would have been so amazing if you could have told me exactly when Stone Cold was going to be on so I could watch and exactly when NWO was going to be on so I could turn it. Like, that would be, have been so so helpful. So it used to be kind of easier for the most part for like regular primetime televised wrestling. Like you could predict uh, Stone Cold was coming on first and last. Mm -hmm. Like he was. Oh, right. You know, the, but now it's different because they run three hours mm -hmm. and because they're not as confident as the audience is more fickle and smaller. I don't know what exactly. But like so like the last thing that comes on Raw is not the main event. Right. In anything but title only. Right. Same with like AEW Rampage. Right. Because they're on so late. Yeah, yeah. And and they know there's a precipitous decline in their audience. Yeah, they put the they put what people want to see on at nine o'clock our time, ten o'clock Eastern, and that's been Cody every week. Yes, but you know, so what we think of as the main event, like that's an antiquated concept in television wrestling based mm -hmm. on on right now for right. for Raw and Rampage especially. Because you know that there's going to be a huge decline in your audience as the show goes on. Right. Now, that also says something about your show. Um, no offense. <laughs> like, people don't be clicking off your show if they're right. really into it. That's right. And nobody was clicking off Stone Cold coming on last That's, on Raw. That is true. Um, 
they're clicking off your show. Right. You take that for what it's worth. But, you know, so also like, you know, talk to someone like Tony Khan and you're like, well, why did AEW run Dynamite the way they did where they put all the hot acts at the beginning of the show? Well, this week, um, the NBA playoffs was going to start in the middle of Dynamite. Mm -hmm. So they made the decision to put um, CM Punk and Adam Page and MJF and Wardlow at, at the front of the show because mm-hmm. they didn't they were worried about basketball yeah now maybe that's smart maybe that shows a lack of confidence in your product yeah um, it's, it's maybe, tough maybe like, you maybe your product deserves to have a lack of confidence in it not aw particularly but wrestling so i yeah i don't i don't know but it's a thing so anyway the clock is helpful because cody's the big star but that doesn't mean you can predict he's coming on last so mm-hmm. We could use the help for knowing when to have, yes. watch this. Because we, and, for God's sake, do not want to watch three hours of it. Right. And I've also figured out that that countdown clock is going to get you uh, basically to the beginning of his match or his promo. Yes. Yeah, so you got to come in five you or ten minutes early if you want to see if you want, want to see his entrance. Wrestling has more than one <laughs> royal family. Yes. I mean, I don't know how you can skip the entrance in the pyro. You, you have to be there for all of it. So Yeah. I'm, I'm particularly invested in the, the royal family. So... Anyway, I, I want to catch that. All the haters online, please shut up. I need this Cody countdown clock to, to continue. Please. Fucking, fucking haters. <laughs> Number three, the build toward low MJF. Um, this is this has been great. I've I've loved every part of it. Um, it's super ridiculous the way you know wrestling is meant to be. Right. Um, every you know the. Him destroy Wardlow destroying whole teams of security every week, uh, the handcuffs, the you know don't give him any entrance music, and MJF is just you know he's a at this point just like crazy movie villain. And anyway, it's been great. I like that I um, had made the joke about how like the security guards needed to uh, gather together and sue because like. Those are just people with families trying right. to do a job, and this guy Wardlow is beating the hell out of them every week. And then they did a bit where, yes. like, the the lawyer manager. Are, are you an injured security guard? <laughs> are you an injured black shirt? Yes, I liked it. Um, but the the last part of the buildup with the lashes, um, that was amazing. Like, it couldn't have gone any better. And then they one-upped it with the cage match, which I thought was absolutely perfect. It's exactly what you wanted to see out of the cage match, right down to like the, you know, as I was Max not taking the handcuffs off of him, him breaking the handcuffs, um, like just perfect. I, I think I, I I think I said that I'd only have done one thing differently, and that was if I was Wardlow, I would have drug Sean Spears over, dropped him on MJF's body, and pinned the two of them stacked up. Still not putting your hands on MJF, so, you know, nothing nothing contractual uh, was broken there. But, um, yeah, I just, I thought the whole thing was great. And so, um, I, I, this is neither here nor there, but it, it feels like there's echoes of Cody in all this. Sure. Because of the the lashing, which sure. I, we were live in Huntsville, but this was very different. Yes, this 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 was a but, different. Like Cody, and also Cody the, got lashed, like it hurt him. Like you know, he allowed you to see yes. that this hurt him. He was going through it to get to where he needed to be on the other side. You know, Wardlow 
very differently. MJF could not hurt him. Different kinds could, of baby faces. Yes, right. could not hurt him to the point that he was just left screaming like, I hate you, I know this hurts. And he's, it was just so perfect. It just reminds me of like a, a funny story. Um, I can't remember if I put this in my story about Cody when I went to do the profile of Cody for Bleacher Report. Um, I had lunch with... Uh, Cody and Brandy in, in Atlanta and he's telling me he had done some kind of angle. It wasn't the MJF flashing that hadn't happened yet, but I think like Sean Spears had hit him with a belt or something. And then he was like, uh, told me about it. basically Tully Blanchard had to teach them like, okay, when you're going to do this kind of thing, you grab onto the end with the buckle. <laughs> so you don't accidentally hit them That's with right. the buckle. Like, an actual whooping with a belt because right. they Cody had gotten hit with the buckle. Oh uh-huh. yeah, I remember and that. And he had this big bruise. And yes, it's just it was like, nasty. Um, Tully Blanchard was imparting some veteran wisdom, but a, a little bit too late, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably they all know that lesson now uh, via Cody. <laughs> well, uh, no, we'll move on to number two. Number two is a whole show. Um, we watched our first ever gleet show your first ever gleet show oh sorry that's right you 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 determined that gleet actually is has two different they run two different promotions right one that's more mma has like an mma it's not an mma promotion but it has that shoot style and then one that's just pro wrestling so this was their pro wrestling yeah so it's owned by like a group called lede entertainment and they um they used to own pro wrestling noah before it got bought by cyber agent um, so this is the wrestling that they run. And originally it was kind of a shoot style promotion and they still have that version of it. Uh, Kiyoshi Tamara from the old UWF and pride fighting championships and rings. Um, you know, the greatest technical professional wrestler of all time is like running that end of it. And then they also have a more traditional pro wrestling. Um, that's, uh, they have like Kaz Hayashi and Ricky Choshu and, and Shima mm-hmm. as kind of like the mentors there. And that's called G pro wrestling. That's what we watched. And that's what we watched. The, the 25th show version 25. These are all available on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, so free on YouTube. Awesome. And they do. Okay, I don't know if you're going to get into this, but like their presentation was fantastic mm-hmm. for an English speaking audience, even yes. though it was in Japanese. Um, they did these intro packages and they just had these clear like graphics saying well who the wrestler was yes, exactly. what their name is mm-hmm. like you know you a lot of times you watch japanese wrestling and you're having to listen real carefully to mm-hmm. the announcers and figure out who the person is right. and what their deal is like they made it real easy as a Very first time easy. viewer yes. even though there's a language barrier mm-hmm. um you, you knew who everybody was um and that that's a really good head start <laughs> yeah yeah i thought i thought it was very accessible and um the show itself was well, I mean, we, we went in with the idea of we I'd read some very nice things about the main event. Maybe we were only going to watch that. I was also attracted to the show before it happened because I saw it was going to have some New Japan wrestlers on it. Um, we ended up just watching the whole show because it was entertaining from start to finish. Yeah, it was like an old uh, Japanese indie from like the the nineties, like. One of those like combined like Michinoku Pro battle arts kind of shows. Well, like, they were in Corian. They had a yeah. great, super hot crowd too. So I mean, just it was really easy to just jump just kind right of into. randomness. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But but then I'm like, well, I don't know how random it is because I don't watch this. Promotion. Yeah, I just mean like the styles and the mixture of mm-hmm, stuff. Yeah. Like it wasn't same same. No, no, not same same at all. And I think that's another thing that we talked about is occasionally jumping into these new promotions or the or promotions that are new to us. Um, 
it's nice because with AEW and even a little bit with WWE, definitely with New Japan, I find myself with a lot of, there's a lot of baggage there. It's a lot of like, I don't understand why they're pushing this guy instead of this guy. I don't understand like why this person has the belt. I don't understand that booking. I don't understand this. Why are these people in a tag team now? Like there's a, a lot of baggage when you regularly watch a promotion. A lot of times it's fun to just go to a new promotion where you don't know anything. There's nothing clouding your judgment and you just watch it for fun. Well, to me, that's also where like when you get into that headspace. Yeah, it's tough. That, But that's when maybe it's time to step back from mm-hmm. that promotion for a little bit. Because right. like when AEW was going strong, mm-hmm. like I was never thinking about man, they're screwing up the booking. Yeah. Here's what they should be doing and stuff. I was just enjoying it. Yeah. But like when you get into the headspace of like critiquing mm-hmm. in depth, like every single thing they do, like that's kind of should be a hint that like, maybe it's not going right for you yeah. as an individual. It's I, not I saying, can see that. Not saying it's bad that they're doing anything bad, but for you, and mm-hmm. maybe it's just because you've been watching the same people for three years right? and you've got really established opinions of yes. your own. And um, Tony Khan may not be thinking exactly the same thing you're thinking right. which is obviously he should be but <laughs> he's not um <laughs> so it is what it is but uh wanted to a few things from the show to point out they had a, a six-man match in which they introduced jack cartwheel who we've seen on the on the indies here in the u.s and and he's over in glee now and um like he lived up to his name and beyond and these announcers and the crowd there at Corgan were just fell so in love with this guy. Dude, they loved Jack Cartwheel. Oh, they loved it. And that match in, in general was uh, just, I thought it was just really great. It, it's the perfect place for like a Jack Cartwheel. Because like you, you don't want him in like a serious singles match mm-hmm. or something like that. Like it's a bad fit for, right. Right, for what he is right now. Mm-hmm. Like in like a six man kind of like half comedy, half high yes. spots match. Like. That's his wheelhouse, mm-hmm. his his cart wheelhouse, and uh, <laughs> he was he was perfect. And it's been a fun time for uh, Japanese fans of like the of the uh, junior style because they've uh, after like kind of like a long COVID drought, mm-hmm. they've gotten to see a bunch of uh, kind of new people for them, right? Because you've got uh, Cartwheel, um, they got to see Ninja Mac, who's who, over in. Uh, Noah, Noah, right? Yeah. Who they seem to really like mm-hmm. as well. The New Japan fans have really taken to Ace Austin, is yeah, my understanding, Alex and Alex Zane. Yeah. So all the flippy flop guys from our indie scene are getting their chance in Japan, and um, the fans seem really appreciative, and that's always fun. Yes. Um, there was a semi-main event where Shima te- uh, teamed with New Japan Shingo against uh, a, a Gleet faction named Bulk orchestra i love that name i love that name and i love that they wore aprons like kitchen aprons that said bulk orchestra on it i mean so i don't understand culturally any of what's going on there but i would totally buy a tank top that said bulk orchestra (laughs) oh yeah and like i would say like a good three quarters of the members that we saw come out with bulk orchestra between this match and the match before it like they definitely fit in a faction that would be called bulk orchestra yeah i'm into it (laughs) whatever it is i'm there bulk orchestra and then the main event was for their championship which they called the it it's gleet and what did you say the name of their pro wrestling uh g pro wrestling yes and so they had their belt is called g rex championship which i think is really cute and um that was the champion was l lindeman and he was facing off against erie i 
was his first name I or think, last uh, name? Shihiro. Shihiro. We've seen we, him before. Yeah, he had fought Kenny yes. Omega back in uh, All Japan. Oh, like, and also we've seen him in DDC. Right. But yeah. So this is maybe like 2012. Yes. Era. Yeah. So he's been around a long time. A long time. He's a big uh, kind of hoss wrestler for that style. Yes. And um, yeah, he's awesome. His match with Kenny was just like one of those matches where you're like. Oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable sometimes with what these guys are doing here. Yeah, it was kind of uncomfortable in this match. match. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was awesome. It was it was wrestled perfectly. um, You know, using Erie's much um, thicker muscle build uh, against L. Lindemann, who's currently competing in Best of the Super Juniors, to give you an idea of like what size he is. So I I loved it was like a big man little man story, but Mm -hmm. like actually told. Like so, what I what I hate in contemporary wrestling sometimes it's like you have a smaller guy and a bigger guy mm-hmm. and they'll just pretend like that's not true. Yes. Like the bigger guy will just bump for the smaller yeah. guy like real easily mm-hmm. and get tossed around and act just like he's another small guy. Right. Uh, that's really kind of like the, how it generally is today. This was not like that at all. Nope. Like uh, L. Lindemann had to work for everything he was yeah. going to do. So I, I liked it because it's the story I like with the bigger man, which is that the little man has to survive the early onslaught. Like that's all he can do. All he can do is survive. And then you have to hope that you have enough left in the tank to produce some offense later in the match, which is almost always a, a difficulty for a bigger guy. A, a bigger guy, it, he quite frankly, he tires. Like, right. I mean, there's just, it's, that just happens. So there's also like the idea, I think that the smaller guy, like, is like held gonna, to a you're different. You're going to want to hope that you survive a Samoa Joe until he gets to that point when he's beat red and sweat is literally coming down off of him in sheets. Yes, right. <laughs> and then might you might get a chance. Right around the time you're like, <laughs> Oh, is Joe having kidney failure or something? Yes. Like that's when you attack. That's that's when the little guy has a but shot. But the smaller guy has to be perfect in some of these matches. So um, I don't know. I thought they did a great job mm-hmm. with this, and it was super brutal at times yes. with headbutts and stuff. I don't want to spoil the outcome, mm-hmm. but um, it, it it is a match that um, takes you out of your comfort zone at times. Like it's like real violent uh, pro wrestling. Yes. So you can see this for free. The show, uh, Gleet, it was version 25. It was a special anniversary show for Shima, I believe, 25 years in the business. I believe I'm so old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, so you can, anybody can check that out. And I would. Yeah, I think you, it was a lot of fun. You should. And number one. And I know it was inconsequential. It meant nothing. It wasn't for the title. But the best thing I saw in this last two weeks was Hangman Page against Takeshita. It was the May 18th Dynamite. Nothing topped it. That was such a good match. I would have loved to have seen Hangman do his entire reign this way, where he just had a bunch of television matches, where he just went out there and and slugged it out with the younger guys, uh, the hungry guys, like the Takeshita's. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, what I like about Takeshita is, like, he's like a Japanese import that is like a legit Japanese wrestler, mm-hmm. by which I mean he is going hard mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. Like you bring all the New Japan guys over with their bigger names and, and maybe their smoother styles. And there's not really that big a difference between what New Japan guys do and what AEW guys are doing. Uh, in fact, most of the AEW guys seem to have 
gently ripped off their entire style from what they've seen in, in Japanese wrestling. Um, Takeshi is more like the old style. Mm-hmm. Like he is going to make you go hard. He's going to go hard. And Hangman Adam Page is perfect for that. Yes. Cause he is like a kick-ass old school wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like he is whacking you around. <laughs> He's going to toss you. He wants you to toss him. It's going to feel a little bit reckless and unsafe at times. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the beauty of this match is that, um, it didn't always look as a hundred percent safe. Yeah, sure. And I kind of like that, that feeling too. sometimes like you, maybe it goes wrong, but you know, with guys this good, maybe it doesn't. Right. And, um, CM Punk was on commentary and you could tell that he was watching it just like, holy shit, these guys are good. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I always kind of like that when like mm-hmm, the wrestlers sure. on and like, you know, they're kind of doing a bit, but also they can't really hide like sure. their admiration for the professional craftsmanship Yes, I like that, that was happening here. <laughs> and so like, there was never any doubt who was winning this match. Right. Sure. But, um, I don't think that mattered. No, didn't it, matter. It was awesome. And this is like, people are always like, Oh, this guy was buried. This guy was buried or, you know, like Takeshita lost that match, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was put over big time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it, and you could go the other way and say, well, why is your champion, you know, why is he being taken so deep by, by this guy? Nobody even knows. Um, like the same way, like, but I don't think that anyone who's not like a performative troll is really thinking that sure because the match speaks for itself, right? Like the, the wrestling speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. He's being taken this deep by this guy. Cause this guy's a killer. Yep. Like, you know, that's the, the match is telling that story. Sure. So like, um, I don't think that's a state. Sometimes in the kind of like do do my turn, your turn wrestling, you could get lost in those thoughts sure. with like, why is Kenny Omega giving Alan Angels 10 minutes? Right. Or with that kind of deal. Yes. You see that. Mm-hmm. This didn't feel like that. No, not this at felt all. like Hangman Page was just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he was, you know, <laughs> like when a guy starts going that hard, like yeah. you, you kind of have to, you got to go or, or, or they're going to, you're going to get hurt or they're going to get hurt. Yeah. You know? I saw the, um, I saw his post, uh, match comments to Emmy Sacker on her vlog. And I mean, hangman page was just like, damn, that guy is really good. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel that tomorrow and I'm glad it's done. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, I mean, one of the main ways, like when you talk to pro wrestlers, um, that they, they test each other. It's not like who's tougher necessarily. Right. There's some of that, like, you know, can he take it? We're going to, we're going to go hard in there, mm-hmm. but it's mostly like a, the, with pace and cardio, mm-hmm. which is like some guy really wants to go, 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 go like Takeshita does. Mm-hmm. And that's putting the pressure on you right? Uh, to see if you can match him. And they're not going to give you a choice sometimes. Right. Like, so uh, hangman was definitely put to the test. Yeah. And uh, he came out, with just, uh, I don't know, I was in awe of him. Like, I think he's really good. Yes. And I wish he had gotten a better reign as champion. And maybe it'll continue. But um, I don't know. I, I think he should be wrestling more. That's what he's best at. Yes. All right. I didn't Do- mean to go the whole time. You you should say something. Oh, no. I, I think I started it off. I mean, I... I- I got, I, I, I got, I saw nothing. I got wound up. I saw I, I, just thinking about that match. Cause it's like, it may be my favorite dynamite match of the, the year of the whole year. I mean, there's probably something I'm not remembering, <laughs> like some kind of main event level thing, but yeah. like just as far as like an experience that, um, 
that over delivered maybe like that that was one where it's just like i didn't know exactly what they were going to do i was not expecting that right right yeah um yeah i mean i didn't i can i can definitively say that i saw nothing better in the last two weeks it's it's my number one by a long way awesome all right we got questions we do all right, Edgar E. asks, do you I think Double or Nothing Forbidden Door happening so close together has diluted the excitement for either or both events? Um, interesting. Yeah, maybe. I I feel like... Um, I don't know if diluted, but it's delayed the interest in Forbidden Door. I, I also see an awful lot of people thinking, like, I think things are going to go at Double or Nothing like this because it's going to lead in to Forbidden Door. And so it's become almost impossible to discuss them as, like, separate events. And I don't I don't know. I'm thinking maybe they should be discussed as separate events. I, I think they're distinctly separate. Because cross-promoted things like this don't generally fit very well into the long, the more long-term flow of a right. promotion. And besides, like, you know, seeing um, the, the, the Empire come in, um, there hasn't been a lot of, like, hints that New Japan was, like, involved in Double or Nothing or, like... Yeah, and I think it should be pointed out that the United Empire came in for the ROH belts. Yeah. Uh, not, not for the, not for the AEW tag belts. So they, they are basically ignoring it for right now. Yeah. That's what it feels that, like to me. That's the general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. So you get through this and then you push. But that doesn't mean door. the fans ignore it. <laughs> no, right, right. But, uh, I, I think sometimes, uh, Tony Khan might tell you that the fans are overthinking everything. <laughs> Just enjoy what you have in front of you. I have never overthought wrestling, Jonathan. (laughs) Like you don't have to be thinking about the next show. Right. Just enjoy this show. Exactly. Um, The talent is all different. Like it's a different mix. It's Mm -hmm. not, I don't don't know if it's in a comic book reference or not. Like it's in continuity, but maybe not wholly. You know, like this is like a, like when super teams come together, it's like, hey, it's Batman and Spider-Man. Like. Right. It's cool, but it's like it doesn't mean that like it impacts what's happening. Yeah, and we have absolutely no idea weekly. what's going on with this relationship. If they're already looking forward to you know future cross promoted events or whatever, well, then that's definitely going to change what you know Forbidden Door looks like. But if they're just like we're going to give this a shot and maybe we'll do it again some other time or maybe we won't, like well then Forbidden Door is going to be something that you can just like pick up and pull right out of, um, you know, the, the, the more long-term, um, booking or stories of AEW, you know, it's just, you can just detach it. It's just something different. Gotcha. And we don't know yet. So he also asks, where would you like to see AEW put on its first stadium show? Not counting the Jaguar stadium where I guess, you know, they did the stampede stampede. Also they did the Arthur Ashe tennis stadium in New York, right? Um, and Mercedes Benz is lovely, very lovely state of the art. Um, so yeah, I mean, Atlanta, that's a great town. So <laughs> that I, might be self-serving. I don't know. It's true. Um, I'm not like a hundred percent, but it is very modern convinced that they need to do a stadium show. Actually watching wrestling in a stadium sucks. Yeah, it, sucks. it sucks. So I don't like that. I'd rather watch wrestling in a smaller venue. Oh, me too. Like if you have like a, 
Like if you can choose between 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, I'm going 2,000 every time. I mean, I um, personally... I understand they want to make more money. Right. But and, and some of the basketball arenas are nicely situated now for uh, for a show. Right. So, um, but like once you get into that stadium, like most of the people there are not, don't see anything worth it the shit. Stinks. I, I don't like it. Um, yeah, if it were me, if I were going to... If I were talking about venues, like my big thing is, well, and we t- we actually just this week talked to some people who ended up going, they not, not here in Vegas, but the week before they did, uh, they went to dynamite and they couldn't not make it through the rampage taping. They'd already seen taping before they saw, ran- you know, dynamite. It was too much, too long. You can have too much of a good thing. Um, I personally say, hey, why don't you just, wherever you are, go down to a smaller venue and do a live rampage. Like, and that you can do elevation there, you know, tape some dark stuff that you need, you know, that you need the personnel for, do rampage, all that. Smaller venue, pack it full, uh, better experience for everyone involved. That's you mean my like thought. On a, on a different day or? Yeah, on Friday, do it live. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... Stop with the taped rampage. Obviously, that sounds great. Um, yeah, it does. Writing those checks with Tony Khan's money, though. Like, you know, like because it, it costs money to rent the building, you got to keep everybody there for another two days at the hotels. You got to pay for the time to tape or to bro- the, the live broadcasts. Like, um, you don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, live is better. If they can do live, I go for it. Um, I mean, your competition has multiple live shows and multiple venues and house shows and everything else. At some point, you got to decide what size right. wrestling company am I. But you're not anywhere <laughs> near. Like, so people could, people have no. I saw someone today on Twitter refer to the big three of WWE, AEW, and Impact. And oh it's like, Lord, have mercy. Like these, none of these things are equivalents. Like I love AEW. You got a, that's a big, a medium and a little. <laughs> yes. I, it's a big. It's I, an extra large, a medium and a small. <laughs> it's an extra large, a small and a, like a baby's onesie. Um, like they're not competitive. Like right. AEW makes a, the whole year. We've talked about this before. Like kind of like what WWE makes in India, just India. Yeah. Like um, it's, it just the gulf is huge. Yeah. It's not, it's not close. Sure. Um, I don't think people understand that. They really just don't. So, um, maybe one day if AW can get there, like I think Jeff Jarrett used to say about TNA, if we can do like one tenth of what Vince does, Mm -hmm. like all of us are rich. Yeah. The people who owned it, not the wrestlers. Not the wrestlers. No, of course not. That's (laughs) ridiculous. um, But yeah. So, I mean, um, I I don't know. Well, okay. So I don't have to cut those. I don't have to cut those checks from Tony Khan. How about TNT? Like TNT cut the check for live rampage. You want live, live. You sell, tell them you want it live, and then pay them accordingly. I don't know when like a couple hundred thousand people are watching it. I think TNT is probably more <laughs> thinking like, let's show the old movies. <laughs> that shit is free. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, John F and Cole asks. Uh, Am I the asshole for wanting Punk to beat Hangman Adam Page? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You think so? Oh, for sure. I don't have any beefs with it. A lot of people love Punk. He's an icon. Like, for a certain generation of people, like, he's their guy. 
Um, he'll always be their guy. It'd be like you, like, not wanting Kenny to win. He's their Kenny. He's still an so, asshole, though. So sad for you all. <laughs> all right. So. No, it, I mean, uh, this is not who I'm rooting for. For a whole variety of reasons, but yeah. A secret locked account who's someone in the wrestling industry asks, do you think Sasha Banks will end up in AEW and do you want to see it? You get questions from secret people. That's so funny to me. Well, they don't want their... I get it. I get it. Um, They don't want to be associated with our brand brand of nonsense. (laughs) Um, And maybe they're not allowed to talk about Sasha Banks in their real personality. I have... I love Sasha Banks. I don't really want to see her in AEW. I think it's bad for her. Oh, it's horrible for her. I mean, you can't... No offense to AEW. Like, if you like Sasha Banks, you do not want that to be what happens to her. Like, she's not... Like, the (laughs) idea that you're like, oh, she's fighting, you know, to either be the main event of WrestleMania or, like, on at AEW. Yeah, that's... That's a big, like, no offense, that's a downgrade. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't see her doing that. That's not a win for her. Like, I can't see her doing that. If she if she can't reconcile with WWE, like, she's just going to try to go be on one of those Disney Plus Star Wars shows. Like, that she's, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I think she's too big a star. Um, and and, the, I, and there's I just, just not the appropriate level of talent to engage with her in AEW. Right. And I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, you can't ignore the fact that she's had a lot of issues behind the scenes. A lot. Yes. I, I don't know why anybody would want to invite that into their locker room. It's going to be drama if she comes. Right. Like, you can say it's all WWE. It's clearly not, right? Like, and you can see that. And you know what's that based payoff? on how other wrestlers Yeah, respond. what's the payoff to the potential problems? Like, she's, no offense, still just women's wrestling. And you already have limited time for that. Yes. Like, it's an improvement on your women's wrestling. I'm not convinced that it really draws money for Is you. Is it an improvement if you don't bring in other people of her talent level to to wrestle her? Like, I don't see that. You can't just bring in one. You can't just bring in one top-tier star. So I saw a lot of discussion about this, obviously, about Sasha and Naomi walking out on, on WWE and then being suspended with the idea. It's like, how come the roster doesn't support them in, in unity? And it's just like... <laughs> They're You're acting, talking about all the people who want to be the next Sasha? Right. So they, they're acting like she's walking out uh, in support of the talent in the locker room. Like, no. She's walking out because she's not being put over all of them. Like, she's in competition with yes. all of them. And she's mad that you're saying that you want to push someone else instead of her. That's not unity in the locker room. Why would you expect them to gather around the... You know what? You know what that tells me? That's a lot of people who've never been in a locker room. Right. We're a team on the field, like, but we're competing against each other for those positions. Yes. And she's mad because she thinks she should be uh, hitting fourth in the lineup and they want her to bat lead off for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. That happened to me. Yeah. So it's like relevant. <laughs> but um, that exact thing happened to me. That's not something that, you know, the whole posse <laughs> gathers around. Um, to defend against like uh, rampaging forces. Like that's right. not nobody. That's her thing. Right. She's fighting for her. They're fighting for them. They may like the fact that they're getting pushed over Sasha. They're what they're going to be like, Oh no, put me down the card and move Sasha up. 
Like these are people that have spent five years putting Sasha over every week. And now she's supposed to be putting people over and she doesn't want to. And you think that they're going to be like, yeah, go Sasha. Like, and you know, that's that drama is coming to AW if she comes any big star, right? You don't become a big wrestling star unless you are an egoist. Yeah. And very driven. Yeah. That's what makes you a big wrestling star and not a mid card person. Right. You have to want it really bad. Yes. So it brings something with it. Um, also, if you're a fan of AEW, I'm just going to say Sasha Banks's online fans are nuts. Like, <laughs> they if are. If you think AEW fans are nuts, wait till you meet these Sasha fans. Yeah. It would make the experience for everyone, I think. Yeah. Everyone would be on edge, I think, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Not immediately. Right. Because those kind of people are good immediately. Right. At making a good impression. Sure. But eventually. Yeah. When things didn't go exactly how she wanted them to. Drama in the locker room. Drama for the fans. Um, you'd have to have a good plan to make it worth it. Right. So I think it's bad for her, bad for fans of AEW. Um, so I'd say no. That's my thought. Okay. I don't know if you agree. You seem I like do. you agree. I totally agree. Okay. TJ asked, do you have a favorite wrestling announcer performance? His is Bobby Heenan during the 1992 Royal Rumble. I just saw Vince McMahon do the introductions to the 1992 Royal Rumble um, on YouTube. And Vince is just out of this world pumped for every one of them. Yes. Like, I've all, I, I loved Vince as an announcer. Like uh, just that crazy enthusiasm that he had yeah um, so that just reminds like i said it on twitter but also it's just and like, that bizarre thirstiness that he had for oh, certain wrestlers oh, yeah. <laughs> he's been horny for wrestlers forever i feel it i feel you Vince. yeah so um <laughs> the the idea that you hear all the time like oh vince hates wrestling bullshit yeah bullshit Vince loves wrestling yes. are you crazy nobody loves wrestling more than vince mcmahon yeah that's wild um my favorite wrestling announcer performance so is probably um, Jim Ross, when uh, mankind got thrown off the top of the cage at Ooh. Hell in the Cell with the Undertaker. Yeah, everyone um, remembers that. As God is my witness, he's broken in half. Yes. Um, just like the mixture of like awe, also like a little bit of being disgusted. Yes. Not just by the wrestling show, but also by like what these guys are doing to mm-hmm. themselves. Like, so there's a little bit of shoot in there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a great performance by by Jim Ross and a memorable one. I'm sure anybody who saw that or has ever seen it since, like, definitely remembers his call. So yeah. So when um, I did my feature story on Jim Ross, I talked to Mick Foley, and he like he definitely credits Jim Ross's calls of his matches for helping getting get him over mm-hmm. with the audience. And that's like the power that old wrestling announcers used to have, like your Jim Ross, your your Golden Sol- Gordon Soli. Yeah. Um, Bobby Heenan or whatever, like they could make something seem really important. Lance Russell in Memphis, like just, they had a gravitas. Jim Ross still has it. Mm-hmm. That's why he's still out there. Yes. Cause it's like, if, if Jim says something or appreciates something like that's the real shit. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of the reasons that it gets everyone so wrought up online. Cause I mean, if it you, works the same way when he doesn't put something Yes, over, right? when he doesn't or he doesn't understand something that's maybe a little new era or um, or when he uses that, that gravitas for, like, you know, evil instead of good, <laughs> which like, I don't even <laughs> think he knows that he's doing it. But, um, I, yeah, I think that um, 
I think it, you know, if he if he didn't carry that kind of weight, you wouldn't people online wouldn't spend so much time being angry about it. So so uh, one more thing about wrestling announcers. Um, so there's no specific thing I can point to, but like watching the '80s NWA wrestling um, for a project and like how much how in awe Tony Schiavone and like David Crockett were of like Ric Flair or like talk about horny for wrestlers, like Magnum TA, like um, even dusty a little bit. It's just like, like nobody has idolized anyone as much as the Tony Schiavone and David Crockett idolized Ric Flair in like 1986. Like it is insane. And um, I love it. All right. Justin asks, even if the stakes are nebulous at best, uh, who do you think will come out on top of the men's and women's Owen Hart Memorial Tournaments? And So I, we're jumping into this kind of late, right? Because, I mean, we already know who's in the finals. Yes. So, um, But it doesn't change anything for me. The same people that I thought were going to win are in the finals, and I still think they're going to win. And that's Adam Cole on the men's side and Ruby Soho on the women's side. Okay. I think it'll be Cole and Britt Baker will both win and celebrate together. Like WrestleMania 20. Um, what was WrestleMania 20? Benoit and Guerrero both winning, and Ben uh, Guerrero oh, coming see, out. Oh, see, I'm not familiar with that, so I don't, I don't know that. They don't play it anymore on account of the the murderings. Oh, right. But um, it was a big moment. In, okay. At WrestleMania All right. So I don't 20. think I've seen that, but so I didn't know about that possible mirroring. But my thought going into it was, I don't think it's actual mirroring. I'm just joking. Oh, oh, you're. Just I think joking. people are going to hate it there if they do that. Yeah, yeah, that that does actually honestly, sounds really I, terrible to me. I, honestly, but. I do not give a shit. <laughs> this tournament has been terrible to me. Yeah, I've I, hated everything about it. I don't care about it. I don't care about who wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't. There's been it has had no interest for me as well, except for that it brought over some Joshi wrestlers that we hadn't gotten to see for a while. Um, I I look at it as you've got two people that you brought in from WWE, Adam Cole and Ruby Soho, and it's kind of like a consolation prize. Basically, these guys are not, they're not going to be top stars in, in the males or the women's. Um, I don't expect either of these people necessarily to ever have the belt in, in the in the two divisions. I'm, I could be wrong. I just don't see it. Um, and, and I think this is like a consolation prize. And, you know, actually, for an Owen Hart tournament, that's probably not a bad way to look at it. Owen Hart was a, a well-respected, beloved mid-carter. Uh, that's what these guys are and so from the beginning when I saw who was going to be in it I figured these were their choices it's it's kind of like congratulations guys um you know we really like you and you're like at the top of the middle so so good job I mean I I obviously I never know what what anybody's thinking in any particular wrestling promotion but that's how I see them I think that's how they're going to be going forward fair enough uh handsome Andrew asks what dead wrestler would have had the best podcast. <laughs> oh, and I told you, you cannot name wrestler that had a podcast but is now dead. So I've... I mean, you can't name Roddy Piper. Like, obviously, he would have been fantastic at it. And he had a podcast. He did? Yes. Roddy Piper had a podcast? Yes. I don't know. I've never... I don't really listen to wrestler podcasts. But... Okay. I would have listened to Macho Man Randy Savage's podcast. What I'm t- 
dying to know is th- these wrestling podcasts are so long. Like ours have gotten longer over time, but it's not. But they're nothing compared to a lot of these that just like go on for hours. And I want to know: could he keep that voice up, talking constantly on a mic yeah. for hours? I, I think he could. I mean, he would have put he on would have so, so many, many polyps all over his vocal cords. Can you even imagine the stories that Macho Man Randy Savage has that nobody's ever heard? Uh, not just about wrestling, but just about yeah. walking around his life being Macho Man right. Randy Savage. Yes. Um, plus, you'd be interested. Like most of these guys, they like have the segment of the podcast where they talk about like their lives right now and like what they thought about what they saw on raw or whatever it's like i don't give a shit (laughs) i want to know about the 94 royal rumble or whatever you know whatever the thing is um macho man i'd kind of be interested like what's macho man up to right now you would have always been interested sure he probably would have like he just cut like a rap record on soundcloud or something (laughs) like i don't know what macho man would be up to it would be interesting though so we're agreed yeah, that's who I thought of immediately. All right, so D- Dakota Dellenbach asks, is Tank Abbott the most famous crossover combat sports star ever? Um, so I got to think that he means UFC. Because obviously, you know, Muhammad Ali is the most famous athlete of all time. And Joe Lewis and Bruce Lee and stuff. There's a lot of people who are a lot more famous. What was the crossover? Crossover uh, to what? So I think it's related to our previous discussion of the hit television show friends oh so, oh, okay my bad so it's true that tank abbott was seen by a lot of people during an episode of friends that's right where uh, monica's boyfriend um john favreau um <laughs> decided he wanted to be a ufc fighter uh, but I don't think Tank Abbott is mentioned by name no, in that show no I don't show. think he is either he makes an appearance but um Honestly, I think that the most famous MMA fighter, UFC fighter at this point is Conor McGregor by a wide margin, um, mostly because of the crossover with Floyd Mayweather, which was a true mainstream crossover. Right. Like at Bleacher Report, when I got to cover it and go there and do a bunch of stories. And like, that was like the one of the only time I ever got like included on like a corporate wide, like big corporate uh phone call mm-hmm. because they were doing traffic that was super bowl they called it like a second super bowl wow that's how big that was so i think lots of people are aware of conor mcgregor because of the mayweather fight being such a huge phenomenon um and then like below him probably rousey and brock lesnar yeah, i was gonna say brock lesnar right uh, both of Ra- rousey and brock lesnar were huge ufc stars and then also have the wrestling fame so right. i think that they're they're pretty big bigger than take abbott um and I think even during Tank's time, I think because of WWF, um, Ken Shamrock was probably uh, a much bigger star outside of UFC than I, Tank. I just remember being on a family reunion beach trip, and some of your older rest, some of your older relatives asking you like, they only kind of sort of knew what you did, <laughs> like, and they were like. Um, yeah, you know this Conor McGregor guy? Yes. And so you're like, that's when you know like yes. this is really big. Because they don't know anything about UFC. Um, they, they knew they knew nothing. Like, like nothing. They, they didn't understand they were, what you did They were vaguely aware of UFC. I mean, most of your relatives think UFC and professional wrestling are the same thing. I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. So, um, but the fact that they knew yeah, like, everyone this Conor wa- McGregor guy. Everyone like, wanted I to talk like, about oh, wow, that's McGregor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, 
he's he's huge because i always use the wrestler like how big's a wrestler does my mom know who he is like if my mom knows who a wrestler is like they're they're big they're really big i think that connor reached a different level with that and and i think he could have subsequently um reached another level even beyond that crazy no if he had been (laughs) being crazy is not a problem if he had won some been able to win some ufc fights subsequently i mean the the problem was he was apparently uh, washed up or too too rich or crazy to train anymore or maybe time has caught up with him i don't know what but he he can't perform at the top level if he could have come in and inserted himself back at the top of the ufc Mm -hmm. like legitimately then he'd be even like he'd be the biggest star in combat sports um well if he's run out of money he can always just get beat up by a paul brother he's right back i mean he's for sure gonna run out of money (laughs) you got floyd mayweather uh doing (laughs) exhibitions in uh, uae and stuff like these guys all run out of money Uh, they just they, they don't know any other way to be so. Well, I've seen I've seen Mayweather and his table full of money. I mean, I yeah, dude, if you're eating money, then <laughs> you're gonna run out of it. They show him it at his house, <laughs> like he literally keeps money in like, gi- like just giant like plastic crates of money. It's like, bro, they got the bank, man. <laughs> like they you don't you don't gotta keep the money in your home <laughs> in your home. You just don't. In fact, there's places you can put that money. In which and make more money. it can earn money for you. <laughs> that money that's sitting in your home is not earning you any money. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like I I can't even fathom it. I'm dying to. I mean, because I mean, think about like what you would make even if you got a five percent return, right, on a million yeah, dollars, and sure. that's just nothing to him. But he's got millions of dollars sitting in his house, right, that could be making him money. Instead, you know. He's going to be broke. I guess. I Sometimes you just got to be ready to buy a boat, though. Like, immediately. <laughs> Cash for that boat. I mean, it's stripper money, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, like I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't even pretend to understand the rich, so. <laughs> I, I don't understand athletes or people that throw a bunch of money at strippers and stuff. Like, you don't have to do that. I just, You're totally rich and famous. Topic, but I'm just remembering all these articles I read not that long ago about companies who were agreeing and offering to pay people in cryptocurrency. How'd that go? And I am just dying to know who took them up on that offer. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> like UFC got that crypto sponsor and all that. Um, one of these football players, I don't remember, like took their contract in crypto. And then I guess they lost a whole, like a lot of it, like like 40% or something. And that was back in months ago. Oh, my God. Like... Um, I don't know what to say. It is an obvious Ponzi scheme. All of that shit. Pictures of like cartoon apes are not worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? I don't, I don't feel sorry. They're like, oh, no. you, you've got to feel sorry for this no. man. He lost his savings. No, I, don't, like, I do no. not feel sorry. No, I do not. And um, also they were so obnoxious when it was going up. Oh, right. About how smart they were. Well, because the whole thing is just a confidence scheme. So you have to be obnoxious. You have to be obnoxious because you desperately need people to buy into this all the time. I mean, the stock market is the same way and we have our complete future is hinging on it too. (laughs) So I think I can't talk that much, but at least like stocks are tied to actual real world (laughs) companies that sell and make things and make money. 
So like it's <laughs> it's not the same exactly as buying a picture of a right. cartoon ape. Right. But I mean, it's not so far removed that I'm getting cocky. <laughs> I was pretty Sorry. cocky when we were making some huge returns the last couple of years, but this year we're going into the crapper and it's like <laughs> I don't I may be working until I die. <laughs> I don't know. This podcast has taken a turn. Okay. All right. What we're, we're done talking okay. about the rich. <laughs> and also Connor. Um, all right. So this is the one you've been waiting for. Okay. Ted Flint asks, list the next four AEW champions in order and explain yourself. Okay. I'm just going to turn over the floor to you. Oh, I, oh, really? You don't want to just throw yours out quickly and then... Well, I don't Let know if I can over. explain myself, and I feel less and less connected oh. to AEW. Oh, well, so the... the explaining myself is the part I enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, so I'll just say my four. Okay. I think I don't think CM Punk is going to win. I think Adam Page is going to win. I think that Adam Cole is going to beat Adam Page uh, to set up um, a battle for the heart of the elite with Kenny Omega, Ugh. who will be the so it's Adam Cole, then Kenny Omega. I believe Brian Danielson will beat Kenny Omega to be the third. And then um, just because he's Brian Danielson and um, he's going to have to be champion, I think at some point. And then I think based on the ethos of their group that Moxley will beat Danielson Ooh. for the title, Okay, but they will remain. Boy, ours, ours are totally different. <laughs> okay. So that's my four Cole, Omega, Danielson, Moxley. <laughs> okay. So the first four AEW champions were really easy. Every I think I think anybody paying even a little bit of attention to AEW saw saw it coming. You saw it playing out. It was super easy to figure out who, who it was going to be. To an extent, I I thought they might mix Cody in there before he did the weird the, the weird stipulation. You could um, have mixed Cody in there. But I mean, I I don't know. I I felt really confident in that in those four champions in the order and how it was going to go. And um, and then it's like, you know, everything's different. Like we've got all these new faces on the roster, big names that you paid a lot of money for that you need to use that are probably expecting something. And um, I I'm just gonna say that they can pretend all that shit they want to. Oh, I don't have any ego. I oh. I want to put everybody over. Like, sure. Bullshit. Right. Like you, you threw away an entire career yeah. because you were mad that John Cena was pushed ahead of you. Right. Like, I don't believe that CM Punk doesn't want to be the top Oh, person. sure, sure. So what I see happening, and, and I've been talking about it for a while, is that AEW feels less like AEW and, and every day less like AEW. And they've now addressed that directly. They've addressed it directly with, with Hangman Adam Page standing up and saying, you know, basically like I'm, I'm full-blooded AEW. You're an outside asshole. Yes. Uh, Statlander did a version of that tonight on Rampage. Yes, which the crowd reacted to like crazy. Yes. Like it's not just me. Everybody's feeling it. These are our people. Our people. And we wanted to see our people. <laughs> yes. Our, we were here for our yes, people. Yes, for years. We want to stay for our people. Yes. I, I'm not here for 2019 So I feel NXT. like that as an underlying current could be you could milk that for years and i think that you don't you don't have to look at a guy like cm punk and have and you don't he doesn't have to be an outsider forever and so i have a plan okay this is my plan i love this plan um <laughs> this is how i would book it obviously. so just uh, I, I have no idea what she's about to say <laughs> except no. that i'm really excited she's about very it. excited 
All right. Punk does not win. I think he has just a fantastic match with Hangman Adam Page. It is beautiful. It is brutal. It is clobbering. It is clean. At the end of that match, Hangman stands over a vanquished CM Punk. He puts out his hand for a handshake, and Punk shakes it, and that's it for a minute. Okay? And the reason that I think that this is important is because I see people online and they're saying, look, everybody that Punk has feuded with has alluded to the idea that you can't make Punk your champion because when he becomes your champion, he becomes an unstoppable, insufferable asshole. And you don't want that. You don't need that. AEW isn't that. Okay? To me, if this man has had seven years of maturity and growth and age and self-reflection, and he has not somehow become a better person, that is the saddest story I have ever heard. So I say you don't go in that direction. You don't create that insufferable asshole, better than the world punk, okay? Because he's an older man now, and he's a better man now. I think that is a much better story and one that suits somebody of his age, okay? So he does not, he, he gives it his all, but Adam Page is just a strapping, great professional wrestler. He does not win. And that's fine. Brian Danielson couldn't get it done either. Man, right? did you see like uh, Page in his new tight white t-shirt and yes. stuff? Like He just looks like a guy that can I mean, they go. have already set up Hankman Adam Page as someone that you do not Like, Brian Danielson could not get it done. And if Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega can't get it done, then it is not a shame. No one needs to be ashamed that they can't beat Hangman Adam Page. So Punk loses. Hands are shook. We leave that for a little bit. Do whatever you want with Page. Some more banger defenses. But eventually, I believe that he's going to have to face a scheming, cheating MJF. And that'll be his downfall. Because you can't, you know... You can't beat the scheming cheater heel. That's his downfall. Your next AEW champion is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who has been spending a lot of time off camera talking about his desire to, if WWE offers him more money, he's just going to pick up and leave. They don't value him enough. He quote tweeted Tony Khan the other day with uh, something Tony had said. About like, oh, offstage stuff sometimes gives some energy to the performances and stuff. And he was like, this place sucks or something and then deleted it. But I wonder if that was not. Yeah. Like I, it's playing so into here's the this. thing. This, this asshole, th- that's not punk anymore. That's MJF. And MJF as your champion is going to be that awful, insufferable asshole. And he, I mean, right to the, I mean, he's going to go as far as the, you know, I've got the contract. I've got the belt while my contract is coming up. I might just take it with me. And then you have to have somebody come in for the heart of AEW, but it can't just be anybody. It's got to be somebody who understands MJF, who can get into that head of MJF, who has already shown himself to be a very worthy foil for MJF. And that is your new hero, CM Punk who is no longer an outsider. He's an insider. MJF may be one of our guys in the sense that he's been there from the beginning, but now CM Punk is one of our guys. We've, he has 
decided to become one of our guys. And now we accept him as one of our guys. And he's the perfect person to vanquish a cheating, scheming MJF who likely does all the cheating and the scheming to hold on to his belt, you know, while he has it. And so while he had trouble with a strapping hangman Adam Page, while, while some of the other younger wrestlers in AEW have taken Punk to his limits, he will have the advantage against MJF because he knows MJF. Um, he can get into the head of MJF. He can act like an MJF. And if that's what you have to do in order to beat an MJF, then that's what he's going to do. So MJF and then Punk as our champion. Okay. Then I think you give people what they've been begging for for a while and what they've been going back and forth online for. <clears throat> At your next possibly your next, or I don't know how many they're going to do, New Japan collaborations, you give us that CM Punk Okada match that people have been talking about. And you shock the world as Kazuchika Okada, that smug wrestling god from Japan, becomes the next AEW champion. Huge. It would be huge. Okay? Okay. And then, Kazuchika Okada, he is an actual outsider. This is a, a theme that Japanese wrestling promotions have, have used for years. And, and like basically an invading outsider comes in and takes your belt, right? So you need an AEW hero to take it back. And what does everybody want to see? Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. At, you do that then, at, you, you make that okada reigns small which will be a nice little change of pace too because we haven't really seen short reigns for aw champions but you know this guy's from japan he can have a short reign as aw champion set up at the next aew pay-per-view not joint co-promoted event but the next aew pay-per-view kenny omega and kazuchika okada and kenny takes the belt back and you okada do that goes home at an aew pay-per-view and not at like a Tokyo Dome or something? Um, I think that Tony Khan would like to have his people in the audience for the next big um, Omega Okada. Japan's had plenty of them. We should do this one in AEW. And okay. and, 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 and he's already given them CM Punk Okada at a, a cross-promoted show. Or, hell, maybe even in Japan. So you've got... MJF. Punk. CM Punk, Okada, Omega. So I think that's a cool story. Um, it is an amazing story. So you could replace Punk with Moxley, I think, pretty easily and have the same effect. I think the build with Punk would be better. I think so, And too, I think but... it allows you, like, like we were talking about, this idea of insider-outsider, AEW guys, non-AEW guys. Well, you paid, I'm sure, a lot of money for Punk, right? And I... I really hate the idea that he would just revert to being the same brat that he was in ROH and the same brat he became in WWE. I would like to believe that that seven years of self-reflection have created a better person. And so I, it would be great for me to see him stay, you know, a baby face, if that's what you want to call it, and, and sort of become an AEW guy. Like... I think that would be a much more satisfying story. Okay. And also you don't have to worry about that weird thing where like we try to make him a heel, but people still cheer for him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Uh, I, I would love that. And like I said, it gives you, you can milk that AEW, non-AEW sort of divide for a long time. And it, I, to me, it feels like something that the audience is just sort of naturally gravitating to and, and will always sort of like. So that's my, that'd be my plan. If I could book it any way I wanted, I'd book it that way. I like it. <laughs> Sergio. And I think those are all good matches. Like, yeah. Those are all good feuds. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Better than mine. Uh, Sergio Garza asks, who's your favorite tag team in WWF history and why is it the Hardy Brothers? So I don't know that it is for me. It's but, not for me either. All right. Who's your favorite WWF tag team? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. The Hardys don't really jump to my mind, though. Um, even at the time that I was watching the Hardys, I preferred Christian and Edge. And that's when they were like goofs. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know, probably the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. See, that's before my time um, I also like the Hart Foundation from that era. Um, none of the 70s WWF teams really did that much for me, but those are the better teams of, of the 80s. I mean, the British Bulldogs, too. But um, I don't know. There's something to me that, like, that's not my style, that crash and burn uh, stunt stuff. Like it's exciting in its place, and I I I have enjoyed some of it, but like I'm, I that's not my thing, mm -hmm. and I'm never gonna like I I don't go back and watch that stuff. No, like for fun. No, no. When we were watching back, back when they were big, um, I you know to me they were just a spectacle. Yes, it's a spe it's a stunt yeah. show, and it's not like and to me. I mean, I preferred when they just stuck random superstars together, like Stone Cold and somebody, or Mick Foley and somebody. Or you know, the rock and big Foley or something like yeah. that. Like that was always fun for me. So and that's the thing. Like, that's the regular... thing that the Hardys were missing to me. I think it was like, I think they had the spectacle part fine. And I like the Hardys. I'm not saying I don't like them, but I thought that like when they were in their prime as a tag team, um, I, I don't think they had like the, the interviews and the presence to like do like really good storytelling stuff. Mm -hmm. They got good at that later, especially Matt. Like I, I really like the broken Matt Hardy sure. stuff, the original versions from, from impact. Um, I think that stuff is cool, but he was, they weren't those Hardys in those early WWF years. They were just guys jumping off stuff, mm -hmm. which it has its place, but like not going to be my favorite. No. So I got the rockers, the heart foundation, the British bulldogs. You got nothing. Rock and sock connection. I did love the rock and sock. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. I, I loved, uh, yeah, I loved Edge and Christian back then. Um, it, you know, if you just were going to, like, throw something on, like, you could do, like, um, Austin and Brian Pillman, something like that. Like, I, like Right, I, so I, you're talking WCW there. Right, right. right. Um, yeah, I don't I, don't I mean, know. if you I just, open it up to WCW, yeah, I got a whole different I set know, of That's answers. right. You got a whole different set of tag teams. I was just... I don't think, think WWF history after like uh, the 50s and 60s where like some of their big acts were tag teams. Oh, um, yeah. It was way down the list of priorities. Yeah. So it's not been for it's been a long time since yeah. it's been prioritized in that territory. Um, so it's a this field is not like full of a bunch of right. high seeds or whatever. But I can definitely say during the during the time that, that I was watching, uh, what was that? 
20 plus years ago. Um, I pref- I always preferred Edge and Christian Denardis, but I mean, they had the kazoos. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Metal Michael asks if AEW had not been created, how do you think the wrestling landscape would look today? Do you think your enthusiasm as a fan of pro wrestling would still be as strong? I mean, I mean, for sure not. The last part. Right. I mean, my fandom is basically AEW at this point. Yeah. It's definitely centered on AEW. I mean, it kind of, for me, it's like, there's so many open questions, right? I mean, is Kenny still in Japan? Are the Golden Lovers still together? Like, you know, I, I'd almost give up AEW for that. But, you know, there's so many questions that I can't answer to try to determine whether or not, um, I mean, what AEW did for me was bring Kenny Omega over to the United States so that I could see him live all over the country and then introduce me, you know, to a whole bunch of other people. And um, so, yeah, so I don't really know how to ta- how to answer that question because so before AEW, I don't know what it would have looked like. I mean, we weren't really, I mean, we had started watching New Japan. Um, I was watching, Bleacher Report was paying me to watch some so WWE. I can tell you that at, the time before AEW, I loved New Japan more than I've ever loved anything AEW's done. Really? Yes. Oh. You knew that. We used to do the podcast, and you would, you would say that I still think Christina likes New Japan better than AEW, and I, yes, I mean, I, um, yeah, I, 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 that period of New Japan, I enjoyed more than anything any period thus far of, of AEW. So I would put a, the first three years of AEW up with anything ever, just as far as how much I've enjoyed watching it. Um, starting to fade a little for me now and that's normal, I think, and okay. Sure. But, um, so I've really enjoyed it. I don't think I'd be as big a fan with, without it. Well, I certainly wouldn't be traveling to live events and, no, we didn't do any of that before AEW. Exactly. I didn't watch wrestling at all for years, except for, for money, except for like old stuff. I still watch that all the time. Right. But um, new wrestling, I had been turned off completely. Like the WWF stuff had just lost me mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. Um, but AEW like kind of brought me back into it, and so for me personally, I it definitely has been a huge change, and 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 really. Um, driven my wrestling fandom. So, um, which is partly why I get like, kind of like worked up about it. Like, you know, it would be easy to just be like, Oh, it's just wrestling. I'm not that into it anymore. Right. Except for, I liked being into it. Yeah, I like being into it. I like being excited on Wednesdays. Exactly. So like, I don't want to not be excited on Wednesdays, but I mean, I hope that if it happens, I can, I can leave with some grace and dignity (laughs) and good feelings and then and not in like a fiery ball of online hate. Right. We're on like <laughs> texting Tony Khan motherfucker and him or whatever. Like I don't want to do that. Um more likely it would be the other way. But um Yeah, so I I I don't know. I, I think I I'm prepared to bow out gracefully, but hopefully they'll bring me back in. Yeah. And of course, you always are willing. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm never completely. Ba- I've already out. bowed out of of some promotions right. that we used to watch regularly, and some of that is because those promotions are not good right now. Some of it is because my favorite performers have come to AEW. Yeah, for a lot of them. 
yeah. or WWF. So like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of it is fluid. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm, I would be willing to like, I don't think I would ever jump entirely out of wrestling. Right. So you'd keep an eye on it. Sure. And like, if something caught your interest, maybe it could bring you back. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fluid. Yeah. So I don't know if we answered that question at all. <laughs> I really liked AEW though. Much more than you, apparently. I loved AEW. All right. Yeah. I love it. I actually really do still love AEW. So we had like an additional question that just came in today, and I don't know the the it exactly word for word. I'm just recalling it from memory. Okay. Because it's talking about how like you even beat me in like fighting video games with your button mashing bullshit. Oh, right. And right. it's just like, is there the can guy? You best me in the guy anything? was asking, can you beat her at anything? Are you better than her at anything? <laughs> and I've been hearing this for like 30 years okay, now. Okay, I'm going to give you your props though. You have beat me in every standardized test we've ever taken. I mean, my natural level of intelligence. I have obviously... murdered you. Mur- we even took so many of the same classes throughout college and law school and you tried so hard to beat me. Like I was I was actually really like scared that like if I didn't like throw some tests or something that you might stop trying, but then I can't throw things because it's against all of my principles. So I just kept beating you and you would try so, so hard and you'd, you'd throw out that like 98 and be like, ha, I got you on this one. And I'd throw out my like 110 cause I got a perfect score and did a bunch of extra credits. You're such a nerd. <laughs> but you beat me on SATs, LSATs, every standardized test. You, I mean, not by a lot, but you did used to beat me. That's all you're going to give me? Standardized tests? Um, I, <laughs> How many books have you read? I'm not going to lie to people. I mean, <laughs> I gave you your props for the one thing you beat me in. I was a better radio DJ than you were. I, okay, that may have been true, but I was a much better television reporter than you were. That's just because you were better looking. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, basically nothing. I'm better than her at nothing. I'm tall. I'm much taller. It's true. He's much taller than me. And that's really kind of the most important thing <laughs> in some ways. She has to bring me jars occasionally to open. That I, I do. Just happened today. I do. I do. I don't really understand why, because I'm clearly so much stronger than you. <laughs> the jars speak. But you have, you do have bigger hands. You're much taller and you have bigger hands, so there's that. I got some uses. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the, the podcast. What do we got? We have to do our double or nothing picks. You can't get out of it. People are going to have one day. One day. To listen to this before this That's is moot. Right. So, like, ten of you will know how wrong we were. Like a cow's opinion. Moo. Moo. All right. So, let's just go through this This list. is who we want or who we think? Oh, you can do it either way, but I always do who I want. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, all right. We'll start with the Bucks and the Hardys. I want the Bucks. Oh, oh yeah, me too. But it's going to be the Hardys. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so mad if it's the Hardys. But, okay. Uh, the Tag Championship. I want Starks and Hobbs. I want Starks and Hobbs, too. Uh, Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. <laughs> uh, whatever. Cargill's going to win. And the weird um, anything goes street fight between Jericho's jobbers and uh, Eddie Kingston and the 
proud and powerful in the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> what a mess! What a mess of a match! All right. Uh, I don't care. I have no idea. I mean, it better be Eddie Kingston's team. Like, I mean, I think it'll be fun, but like, I, I mean, I can't pretend to care. Like, who cares? All right, Death Triangle House of Black. It better be House of Black. I think it's got to be. It has to be House I of mean, Black. I mean, they've been holding holding these guys back almost, like they're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, let's go. Yeah. MJF Wardlow. I'm Wardlow, right? I mean, it's a weird-ass build if it's not going to be Wardlow. Well, when, you know, it would be really weird if, like, Wardlow wins it gets out of his contract with mjf and then tony khan's like best in your future endeavors guy it's been great <laughs> <laughs> and he starts on nxt the next week um actually what would be really funny is after all this if wardlow does the kevin nash finger poke of doom and let's max pin him <laughs> that would be heat. oh that's weird though that's even weirder it's wrestling though. all right owen hart uh joe and adam cole i've, I've already it's, said it's i mean i want i would like joe but i mean I, it's obviously going to be adam cole I, I think it's going to be adam cole i don't i don't have a preference so i'm really interested to see like how they try to work one of those do do adam cole my turn your turn let's do this and turn around and reverse this and reverse that like that's going to be a fucking mess if they try to go more than 10 minutes. If they were smart, they would just work it with Joe just beating the absolute crud out of him and then Red Dragon cheats and Adam Cole wins. I mean, honestly, like anything else. I think they got that weird pride though, like where they might try to do a match that that they're not suited for. Um, And then it'll be bad. And then people will say, best match ever. (laughs) Uh, Women's Owen Hart. Uh, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho. I think it's going to be Cole and Baker celebrating at the end of the night together. You think Soho? I know. Okay. I don't. I don't have an opinion as far as what I want. I don't care. And uh, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. I don't care. No, Rose is I mean, going to win. Rose though, is right? going to win, right? Deeb um, is not over. She's and then, just not. Um, Punk and, and Adam Page. I I skipped that mixed tag match because my god also darby allen kyle o'reilly apparently is a match again who cares like i mean darby i'm team darby obviously i'm team darby but who cares and then the mixed tag match i mean oh my god can they cares? both lose I, I i hate everyone except <laughs> ethan page in that match so um i want ethan page to win turn on sky but then somehow beat the other team too <laughs> I want Dan Lambert to lose more than I want anything. <laughs> and then our main event. I, I want Hangman Adam Page very badly. Yes, I do too. I, I mean, that's who I want to win. It's also who I think should win. And I also think it's who's going to win. And I'm probably 100% wrong. But what I want everyone to know right now is that I'm paying for this pay-per-view for that match and that match only. Are we paying for it? <laughs> If I pay for this pay-per-view, it is for that match <laughs> uh, and that match I'll only. ask you further off air. I, I, I have no know how to do it. Like, you know how sometimes you buy things online and they're like, do you want to include a note? I want to include a note. This money is for Hangman Adam Page alone. It is for nothing else that you put on this stupid card. It is for that match and that match I'd only. I'd like to give a little bit to, to Regal. <laughs> Just out of general principle and respect for his stature in the business. 
Um, I just, I don't, I, I just, I want, I need to communicate that. I'm always here for the young bucks too. So, um, but besides that, (laughs) I don't want anybody else getting paid. Oh, wait, wait, Swerve and Starks and them. Taz. (laughs) Got to give some to Tony Giovanni. Nope. My note says this. I'm buying this for Hangman Adam Page. Take note. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. I put you, I put you on notice. This this is what gets my money. I hope it's so good that we're back here next week doing this again. Oh, you know it's gonna be. You know we're gonna be back here next week being like We oh were so God, wrong. How can we doubt them? Oh, I we're so stupid. I should never doubt it's gonna be great, obviously. That's why I'm paying for it. But yes, still definitely paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> American dollars. As you do. Definitely love paying money to the company Bleacher Report that unceremoniously <laughs> fired me and the, me and everyone on my team in the middle of COVID. <laughs> L- love giving them that money. Well, if you would just get a VPN, <laughs> you're never going to do that, are you? I don't understand it. It's right up there with crypto in your mind. <laughs> I'm too old for that new shit. I, I know how to like steal stuff on the internet in a lot of ways, but... There's some things I just. You can't teach this old pirate any I'm, new tricks. I, if someone like came in and showed me, I tried it once and then like shut off the whole internet. I did something wrong. I don't understand it. All right. Well, we'll be here in the United States watching a United States feed of Double or Nothing, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Fifty dollars poorer, allegedly. <laughs>